Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, it's me, Danco, keeping you company from now all the way to 12 noon. And now, as promised, we will be getting an analysis of the GDP numbers with Willie King. But before that, just to give you a quick overview of what we've been reading so far. Now, Singapore reported its third quarter performance when its GDP expanded 1.1% from the previous quarter. And now that's worse than MTI's 1.5 initial reading. And this has led Singapore to expect its economic growth to decelerate sharply next year amid a global slowdown. GDP growth will probably slow down to between 0.5 to 2.5% next year. And that's according to estimates that's released by MTI. So let's bring you on the show now, Willie King, founder of uh, Dividend Titan and Raushan to get an analysis of what's going on now. Willie, what do you make of these recent numbers? Yeah, so you can see that Singapore's GDP numbers, you know, just came out this morning. And really, I am not really that. The numbers which came in, you know, this is not surprising at all based mm. on the forecast of what MTI said and, you know, a lot of the other economies as well. So right. what's really driving these numbers are, you know, really is driven by the construction sector because after the opening up of economy, after, mm. you know, as the pandemic recovers, you know, you have the construction sector growing about 7.8%. Wholesale trade also grew by about 5 0.4% and retail expanded by 8.9%. And largely, um, one of the other key growth area was also in transportation, um, which also improved by 6.8%. So all this sort of led to the growth in the GDP numbers. But of mm. course, you know, if you see based on the previous quarters, the growth has sort of slowed down and really yeah. it's because of how some of this external demand um, has sort of softened because of the weaker outlook. I mean, if you see how the US economy, you know, they have been aggressively raising rates and they also have been projecting a slow economy. Mm. And at the same time in Asia, you have China with their zero COVID policy, mm. the lockdowns and the quarantine. So that has affected the output fr from the country itself. Right. So in that sense, Singapore, you know, we, we all have to know at the end of the day, Singapore is pretty much an open economy mm. and we are affected by what's really going on around us. And as a result, you know, with all these big economies, you know, slowing down, Singapore also, you know, has also been slowing down. But of course, on the other hand, um, what we are also seeing is the strong recovery. Um, you know, you have your air travel, mm. um, international visitor arrivals. Uh, this would actually expect to sort of benefit the economy as a whole. And of course, you know, you have tourism as well, um, such as air transport, entertainment, retail, consumer-facing sectors like the F&B sector. Uh, that would also ride on on the growth of Singapore. I actually want to bring this up because I realised that the, the article actually stated something that's very interesting. Now, Singapore has always ruled out the possibility of a recession. So then what would it take or what signs would you know the GDP numbers show for a recession, a possibility of a recession to occur in Singapore? Yeah, so the, the official definition of a recession means that the GDP growth must go into negative for two consecutive quarters. So, mm. so far, um, what we are seeing now is that Singapore's GDP growth or the output um, is still pretty much positive. Mm. Um, of course, this has been slowing down. So when we start to see that the growth goes into the negative territory two consecutive quarters, then of course, that's where official recession would really kick in. Right. Um, what would really cause that to happen could be a, you know, a number of a few things. Number one, interest rates could continue to go up uh, mm. such that the Fed could actually 
raise rates until something breaks, right? right? So that could then force Singapore's economy, you know, to also follow suit into a global recession. So that that could be one possibility. Mm. Another thing is also the renewed extension of the COVID zero policy in, in China. China. And yeah. that could also pretty much affect what's going on in Singapore. And don't forget that Singapore is also largely a major trading partner in China. Mm. So yeah. um, we don't just um, have companies which do business in China, but at the same time, a lot of the business transactions, exports, imports um, are also directly linked to our economy right here. So right. an extended zero COVID policy you know, of quarantine and lockdowns could pretty much affect our economy here. And that yeah. looks likely, right? The situation in China looks likely to extend and continue. So I think it's what 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 a lot of economists are saying, right? It's really like a push and pull kind of situation yeah. right now. You know, it's a, a, a little bit doing like the hokey pokey uh, where yeah. you put like <laughs> one step, you know, one step in and one step yeah. out. On one hand, you know, you have China, you know, people saying that China is planning to ease up their COVID restrictions. But mm. at the same time right now, you know, they, they are also looking to actually tighten some of um, their measures. Like say, for example, in Shanghai, they are actually restricting new arrivals or new travellers coming into Shanghai on going on visiting yeah. places like uh, restaurants, yep. pubs, um, so and so forth. Um, and this really comes amidst like, you know, recently you see um, Guangzhou, you know, having this huge breakout where people um, who, have, who have been locked in have been quarantined, you know, they can't really stand this and exactly. you can see how there are huge protests as well. Mm. So mm. there are like bits and pieces spots here breaking out across the country here. So, you know, it's really hard to tell, Raushan, you know, at some point, you know, when, how long this this zero COVID situation mm. will last. Mm. Mm. At least until we get zero cases yeah, in China. I, I guess that's what we can expect. But yeah. it's like Willie said, it's a hokey-pokey situation, right? We just got to <laughs> monitor it as it happens. Mm-hmm. Now, Willie... Let's bring it back to Singapore now. Any bright spots, any sectors that can be optimistic with mm. the GDP numbers? Yep. So if we are looking at um, Singapore's GDP, right, and what, what are some of the sectors mm-hmm. which I'm looking out for, you know, they are, number one, you know, uh, air travels and the and their peripherals, mm. um, hospitality and hotel industry. So, you know, I'm looking at, say, for example, REIT, which owns your hotels, your hospitality. Mm. Uh, retail is one big one. So if you actually go down to Orchard Road right now, you know, yeah. right now the holiday the Christmas seasons, decorations. exactly, yeah. they're all coming. The, the, the holiday seasons are coming. Mm. Places are getting crowded. Mm. I mean, over the weekends, my wife and myself, you know, we went shopping and the place- You're part of the crowd. Was, yeah, I was, <laughs> I, was pack, I was part of the crowd and boy, it was it packed. Mm, right. So retail is one of them um, okay. along the Orchard Road Belt. So I'll pay attention to REITs which own properties along the Orchard Road Belt. I the think that's something to actually look out for. Right. Hotels as well as um, air travel is opening up. You know, as more arrivals, more tourists are coming to mm. Singapore. I, I think that's something which is interesting to look out for. Right. But how sustainable is this in the long run? Would you say this is a pent-up demand from, you know, the past two years of COVID? Hmm. I think that's a very good question, Dan. I mean, if you see from the last two years, right, during the COVID pandemic, there was a huge volume in e-commerce or online shopping. But of course, mm. that growth sort of plateaued mm. in recent months or this year. You know, as you can see, some of these tech companies, right, their growth has sort of slowed. Yeah. You know, they are cutting headcounts. Scaling and back, yeah. The question here, right, 
is this pent up demand um, something of like a one off? You know, for me, I think that there will be a huge pent up demand, but at the same time, growth will continue because don't forget, Singapore is an economy, it's an open economy where we attract uh, a huge amount of tourists, and shopping is one key destination within mm. the region. You know, people at the end of the day, you know, we like to shop, you know, we still like to visit some of these brick and mortar mm. stores, right? There are a lot of these retailers, you know, where they continue uh, not just selling online, but you always have this what we call your online to offline strategy, right? Mm. Where um, retailers, they don't just sell online, but they also have what we call omni-channels. And brick and mortar definitely will be here to stay. Now, the question here is what, which are some of the higher quality uh, shopping malls, for example, or retailers do you want to be looking out for? And Mm. as, as an investor, that's where we want to put on our thinking cap and keep a lookout where some of these um, um, retailers will be and, you know, these um, hidden gems in Singapore. So tell us some of the hidden gems that you'll be <laughs> keeping an eye out for. That's why we pay you the big bucks. Well, so we are looking at, um, you know, if you're looking at REITs, for example, you know, mm. I wouldn't say names. You know, this is something where you can actually look Read at the, the, dividend the, the, uh, the uh, Singapore exchange, right? You can see... I'll be looking at REITs which own, say, for example, 303 Somerset, mm. right? So that's where it's directly located to the Somerset station. Uh, you have um, interesting REITs which also own, for example, the Paragon Mall. Mm. You know, that's something to look at as well. And of course, another REIT which um, owns um, the Takashima Department Store so yeah. or the Nian Shopping Centre. So these are some of the REITs where you probably might want to actually have a look, you know, um, in order to take advantage of the reopening of the economy. Right, then aside from REITs itself, do you see any other sectors along those lines that are bound to benefit from the GDP numbers that we are seeing so far? Yeah, of course. Then as the economy reopens, you know, mm. you don't just have air travel, but retailers, food and beverages companies, mm. restaurants. Mm. And I think these are some companies which you might want to be looking out for, right? right. Uh, companies which owns restaurants, cafes, mm. um, specifically in the F&B sector. I think mm. this these are the companies where they will benefit from reopening. Of course, one thing which I will always pay attention to when it comes to F&B is always the operating cost because it's not, it is not cheap yeah. you know, to be running a restaurant in Singapore. You know, things are really expensive. And if you walk along some of the malls these days, there are like banners hiring people, you know, waitresses, waiters, yep. your yeah. chefs, um, assistant managers. So, you know, when you're seeing all this advertisement, you know, they are offering a much higher paycheck for this um, to, to hire people. So labor cost is definitely going to go up. Mm-hmm. Rental cost is also going to go up, you know, in view of interest rates as well, because your borrowing cost is going to go up. Yeah. That means landlord will have to inevitably raise rent for their tenants. So right. um, F&B sectors is a, a place where I look, but of course, I'll be more careful with how some of these companies manage their operating costs. Mm. That's a very interesting point you put out there. And you no, know, speaking of being careful what what would you say are some sectors or companies that you'll be careful watching out for as well like in the other sectors aside from you know what you've mentioned so far like hospitality or REITs which may provide us some optimism in the way mm. investors are moving so what's what sectors would you I wouldn't want to use the word avoid but oh, tread yeah. carefully <laughs> tread carefully yeah okay so some, some of the sectors which I'll be more careful and I would avoid personally would be the more of the cyclical sectors right. so that means um, companies uh, where they tend to actually move very closely along with the market cycles. So that's something which I will actually pay attention to. Um, now, one sector which which could be very sensitive to this would be the semiconductor sector, right? Because for, for one, you know, they have to actually 
forecast their their demand and supply production. So in this case, you know, they have to re- follow very closely to the economy. Um, and boom and bust cycles tend to be affected by uh, some of these semiconductor players traditionally. Another sector which tracks very closely to the economy and tends to be a leading in- indicator of how the economy will play out are the auto sectors. Right. So car makers, where they tend to be very capex heavy. So that's something which I will be more careful when, you know, when it comes to investing in the auto companies as well. So manufacturing companies, because number one, um, they tend to actually put on a lot of heavy capex. That means that when it comes to a down cycle, they will be uh, forced to have an excess of inventories right. and an excess of inventories could lead to economic slowdown because they won't be able to sell off all these vehicles in time and businesses slow down uh, that results in lower consumer spending as well so these are some of the sectors which how I'll, I'll pay close attention to right thank you so much for that great analysis Willie and you know just the moving on to the next part of this conversation we you know what's caught my eye today is a company or more specifically known as Capo Corporation, and I'm pretty sure that's something that we all know about. And recently they made news because BlackRock became a substantial shareholder of Capo. Can you share us your views on that? Yep, so BlackRock recently became a substantial shareholder of Capo Corp. So that's after it actually bought about 87,600 shares for about $650,000. So that has brought up its stake to 5% on the Singapore GLC. And I think it's really about BlackRock uh, being a, an active and passive manager because um, BlackRock is the largest ETF provider. So ETFs base automatically buys shares listed in the index. So that that could also be one of the key factors on why uh, BlackRock has automatically accumulated capital shares. But on the other hand as well, BlackRock also has active funds and I believe like through some of their affiliated managers, BlackRock has actively bought capital shares as well. And I think right. really is, for me, I feel it's probably because capital has sort of embarked in mm. an ESG strategy where they are going on a more green path in terms of green energy and green development. Right. So capital, two big businesses are in property development and it's utilities and energy business and they are going into that sustainability route and BlackRock is a huge proponent or huge supporter for ESG and I guess that's the reason why they have become part of the reason why they have become a substantial shareholder for Capital. Right. Mm. And just very quickly, and another company that's caught my eye is EC World Read. And this is because, you know, the company stated that they have to delay the divestment of the REIT's deadline to repay a portion of its outstanding loan. So very quickly, because we're a little bit short on time, can you just give us analysis of what's happening here and what is your outlook for the REIT itself? Yep. So, the reason why EC Read is um, uh, happening or why is it doing this? I mean, just a quick background is that the Read wanted to actually sell um, two of their logistics port for about two billion yuan, and they actually missed the transaction deadline because of the COVID nineteen controls, the Chinese National Day holiday, and the recent party congress, right, which has just ended. So this actually delayed um, the lender's internal approval processes for the transaction financing. So the mm. um, EC Worry was unable to actually complete the transaction financing right. before November 18th. And as a result, uh, they had some refinancing issues here that, which has led to an ongoing concern for the company. Of course, the manager said that EC Worried will still try to press on and they have basically three options to move forward. Number one, they will still continue with the transaction despite the deadline. Right. 
The REIT could also complete the divestment without entering into a transaction financing, but of course, due uh, based on certain conditions. Um, or the REIT could actually terminate the entire equity purchase agreement for the divestment. Although I think uh, this might not be a poss- this might not be a very strong uh, probability because EC World REIT needs financing um, in order to reduce their gearing uh, due to a lack of um, um, debt funding right. in in China. I mean, if you see how the recent headlines have shown how China property has uh, come into sort of a crisis because um, China, the Chinese government has sort of pulled back funding for some of these developers, some of these landlords and these mm. pro- um, property guys. So um, in this case, EC World Read has sort of caught in the web of some of this um, debt crisis. Okay, thank you so much, Willie. That was a very, you, very, Dan. very good analysis Thanks, and breakdown Raushan. of everything. Thank you so much. So thank you so much, Willie King, founder of Dividend Titan and Raushan, for talking to us everything about the latest GDP numbers and how this should help us in the way we approach our investment strategy. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app, that's A-W-E-D-I-O, available on Google Play or the App Store.